Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Leslie Zinn is the co-founder and CEO of Arden's Garden, a cold-pressed juice, smoothie, and vegan food company on a mission to cultivate an oasis of health and wellness. Arden's Garden started in Leslie's mother, Arden, her kitchen in the early 1990s. 25 years later, Arden's Garden offers cold-pressed juices, made-to-order smoothies, juice shots, and a variety of plant-based snacks and salads. They have two production facilities in East Point, Georgia, 17 retail locations throughout Metro Atlanta, and more than a thousand partners in the Southeast region. Leslie, welcome to the Side Hustle of the Small Business Podcast. Thanks, Anjay. Glad to be here. So I, I got to start off uh, from the get-go and make sure that our listeners realize this and understand this, that you're not really a side hustle or small business anymore. <laughs> you've, you've become a much larger thing, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your background and your history. Oh, well, how far do you want me to go? So I grew up here in Atlanta. Um, I attended Georgia Tech and uh, after- Go Jackets. Yeah, baby. After graduating, I got a job in a marketing company. And after about a year, I was uh, getting paid really well, but wasn't super proud of what I was doing. So I said, I want to do something that helps people feel better. So I thought, oh, med school, perfect. So I went back to Georgia Tech uh, took a bunch more sciences, uh, took my MCAT, started interviewing. And at the same time, my mother was making juices in her kitchen. And so uh, as Arden's Garden, as it came to be known later, started growing, I was helping her on the side. And at the, I didn't like the interview process for med schools. I'm not really great in a hierarchical situation, being told what to do. <laughs> and so I thought, well, uh, if I join my mom, I can help people be healthy and I can feel good about what I'm doing, or I could go to med school and have 10 years of a challenging environment. So I chose to join my mom. So that that's uh, that's fascinating. So um, Arden's Garden is a, a vegan company. Were you vegan this whole time or did you become vegan because of the company? Like, how did that happen? I was definitely not vegan when I started. Um, I switched being, I, we prefer to call it plant-based because vegan can be a like Oreos are vegan, so we don't really espouse uh, <laughs> consumption of, you know, things that make you unhealthy. But um, I became vegan in 2011, but it's been a journey for me. Um, I was definitely a junk food vegan in the beginning. And um, over time, I learned more about what was important for me to be putting in my body. And we kind of uh, changed our diet and along the way changed the offerings that we began producing at Arden's Garden. Okay. So um, let, let's start talking about the early, early days, the beginning. Like what inspired your mom to get a juicer and start doing this? Yeah. So my mom 
has been the biggest health nut all my life. Way before people were drinking healthy drinks or eating healthy food, my mother was super into health. So I'm talking about the 60s and 70s. She was making the most disgusting combinations for my brother and I. And basically that was breakfast for us. So she learned about this juicer back in 1963 called a Norwalk that she wanted to buy. But it cost $1,500 and she couldn't afford it. So she said someday. Fast forward 30 years, she still wants this Norwalk. Only now it's $2,200. She still cannot afford it. And she says, I don't want to go my whole life without this juicer. So she does the all-American thing. She gets out her credit card. She buys the juicer. And to make herself feel better, she calls all her friends and says, I have this amazing juicer. I want to use it. So if you guys want juice, I want to make it for you. And that's how Arden's Garden began. Okay. So it, it started with just making juice for friends. Yeah. And they were for they were free. paying for it? For no. free. Okay. Making I, juice I, for friends for free. So yeah. uh, that doesn't really help pay down the credit card bill of what this was. <laughs> right. So how did she get to the point of figuring out how to do that? Uh, so what happened is a health food store opened in her neighborhood and they heard about her and they said, hey, we will give you the produce, you make the juice, we will sell it and we'll split the sales. And my mother thought, my goodness, this is a home run. I am buying the produce and giving the juice away. You're going to provide the produce and we're gonna split the sales. She was all in. But she quickly realized that this Norwalk is a home cold press. It's extremely labor intensive. Uh -huh. So she went and called my brother and I to come help because we were free labor. So that's okay. how it began. So, so uh, it was the three of you then yes. working on this one machine. Yes. And and then what happened? So you started yep. selling to this health food store, but then there were other people then that started lining up as well. Well, what happened was the first thing was my brother took one look at that juicer and he said, also a tech grad, by the way, uh -huh. uh, he said, mom, there is no business on this machine. I will... Uh, buy a real cold press, a commercial cold press, but I want to be CEO. And my mother said, be whatever you want to be. <laughs> and so he bought a real juicer and we started operating with that juicer. However, this is 1994. Nobody is juicing. We are bottling in mason jars. We're writing the names of the juices on top of the jars. It, you know, we're nobody's getting paid, essentially. Uh, my mom was getting a pittance, but my brother and I definitely weren't. So as a last ditch effort, we said to our mom, hey, mom, go into Buckhead where people have money, disposable income, and try and sell this juice. And we were thinking like lawyer's offices or stock brokerage houses, but my mother doesn't think like normal people. And so she went to hair salons. And that decision <laughs> literally turned our entire business around. Because hairstylists always want things that are new and trendy. Uh -huh. They always have cash from tips. They are stuck in their stations. And they always have a new customer in their chair. So overnight, I would say in less than three weeks, my mother was selling three times the amount outside of that health food store as we were. And so... We quickly outgrew that situation. My brother was living in Virginia Highlands. There was a, an old Little Caesars pizza that had been open for 
meaning open as in not rented, available yeah. for rent for nine months. Um, we looked at the space, we met the landlord and he told us it was $2,500. And for us, that, that was like a million dollars. We were paying nothing right. at the health food store. We were terrified, right? And so he said, listen, he was desperate. He had, had not had any rent for nine months. So he said, I will give you a 30 day out and no security deposit. And wow. 27 years later, we have the same lease. We are we have the same location. I mean, we've grown, but um, that's where we started. We moved all of our machinery into a retail space. I do not recommend that. You don't have floor <laughs> drains and ways to wash things down. But um, we were in that space, and so we were. So we had three guys going to four locations, like we had four routes of hair salons that my mom and these three guys were going to. And one day we said, hey, let's go to the Kroger down at Ansley Mall and see if they want to buy this juice. And so we got in the car, we drove down to that Kroger, we asked for the manager, it was a guy named Russ Ross, and, and he came out and saw us and we said, hey, we're making juice down the street would you be willing to sell it here? And at the time, Kroger was super decentralized. And he said, well, let me see your operation. And he literally <laughs> walked out into the parking lot, got in his car, followed us down the street to our location, saw us juicing there. And he said, if you give me a cooler, I'll put it in my store. And overnight, literally, that store was the number one Kroger in Atlanta in 1995. And we began producing juice 24 hours a day, seven days a week out of our retail location on Monroe Drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I got to ask, because I think the statute of limitations is is, yeah. is expired on this. Uh, were you like actually complying with all the health stuff, especially oh, yes. when you were doing the mason jars? The mason oh, no, jars the and mason everything? Jars, okay. No, we, at, by the time we moved to Monroe, though, we had moved on to... Class, everything was Department of Ag certified. Okay. Yes. yes. But 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 before that, it was well. We were only maybe skirting the line in the beginning in that um, health food store. So okay. it was a little more lax. It know? was it was more on them than uh, yeah. than on you guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, is is this Kroger? Is do they still stock Arden's Garden? They do. Do they? Okay. Yes. And you still have that original, the first storefront. We it's do. still a part of So what wow, happened is by 1996, we absolutely had to find a production facility because uh -huh. you cannot juice and it's just too hard. Yeah. So, but by the time we moved out of that store, we had enough people in the neighborhood that were jazzed about seeing a bunch of numbnuts running around ju juicing <laughs> that they would come and get their juice from the store. So we, we never had any intention of having retail stores. It just was an organic development. So we kept the store because we were selling quite a bit of product. And that decision was incredible for our growth because it kept us really close to our customers. Uh -huh. And we've seen trends before they become trends. We get direct feedback. Like when people make smoothies to order and they ask for certain things over and over, you know, like this is something that people are really wanting. So it's been almost like a laboratory with direct feedback right away. So it's been great. So you've got now, I think we said 17 locations. Mm -hmm. Is that the right number? We're at so, 16 right now. We're opening one more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, that's a little bit hard to kind of manage. It's not like you can get to all 17 in the same day. 
So how do you get all that feedback that's coming back from all those places that find out the new stuff that's happening? It's aggregated. I mean, we have manager meetings, but we are continuing. So what will happen? Let's say we come up with a new juice, okay? We Uh put it in our retail stores and we will know whether it's a hit or it's not a hit very quickly. We don't have to do a whole lot of market research and testing. We can, and also reverse, you know, when people start asking for things, you know, like what, what is it that the customers are asking for that we are not providing? And then it goes in reverse. So let's say celery juice, right? We were making celery juice since the beginning, but we weren't making it by itself. We made it with cucumber, spinach, and kale. So then all of a sudden people wanted just celery juice, right? So then it became, went in reverse. Okay. Um, It's super interesting. Um, And uh, man, I, I had... So much questions about that, but I, I want to step back a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So the company starts, it, it's, it's you, your brother and your mom, mm-hmm. you start growing. Um, at what point, um, like at, at some point in here, you, you start getting paid, your brother starts getting paid. You're actually full-time employees. Um, now you're the CEO as well. Yeah. Um, your brother is, is not involved in the business anymore. He is not. He left in 1999. Okay, so he he was with the company, and then you decided like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on and and kind of be full time here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like, what was your decision at that point of like, you've really only worked for a year for anybody else. <laughs> like, your entire career basically has been working for yourself or, or right. working in the family, right? Right. Um, and you know, like, wh- how did you think about that? And like, has it ever kind of come across to you of like? man, should I do something else, do something differently? Or is like, is this really, this is it? This is it. Never. Never. When you're in the right situation, you know it. I mean, I have never not liked coming to work. Everything, not everything. I don't want to say everything. I don't love managing people, but I love (laughs) the health industry. Uh I absolutely adore having an impact on my community. I love it that we have retail stores where I see the customers. In our old plant, my office was literally right off the store. I could hear every single person that came in. And the stories that you hear and the transformations that happen and people that go on a health journey, it's just incredible. So all the things that I was missing in that one year job of having an impact uh-huh. on people's lives, I found here, you know, and I get to, and it's just such a passion of mine. I mean, I didn't, I always looked at my mom cross-eyed. I thought she was like really healthy. I mean, she was really crazed with it. And I have become her. <laughs> I have absolutely become her. And, you know, the things that I, I see how hard it is to be healthy in today's environment, it's tough. Yeah. You know, we are just surrounded by white processed foods. Yeah. So my goal is to make it convenient for people to be healthy. Yeah. And that's, so a, it, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So it, it kind of, you know, in this journey, when did you think about, or did you think about and realize like, yeah, we made it like, or, or we're going to make, like, there's not a worry anymore. When you, when you had that first retail location and spending $2,500 a month, you were like, I don't know if this is going to work. Right. Right. Um, at what point did it, did you realize, or did your mom realize or your brother, like all three of you together realize like, yeah, we're going to be okay. Hmm. Was there like an amount of revenue or was it like, 
the feedback that you were getting or, or, or the amount of people that you were employing? Like, what, what was it that kind of made you think that this is no longer a side hustle, that this is, this is a business and, and we're going to be fine? Well, or, or do I, you not think that? Or do you still not like, think that you're going to be fine? Like, well, if you had maybe, spoken to me six weeks ago, <laughs> I would have given you a different answer. I would say in 2014, Juice uh -huh. became the it thing, yeah. right? And so all the things that had been a struggle became super easy. You know, we were already perfectly placed. It was, so I think in the first... 19 years of our operation, we opened seven stores. And in the 20th year, we opened seven stores. Wow. You know, so we had this and it was just bam, bam, bam. So that is probably when I really was like, but, you know, the bigger you get, uh huh, the harder you can fall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so is is that is that the big worry for you nowadays? Is it like? what's going to happen next? Because you talked about something happened six weeks ago. I mean, I, we're all dealing with kind of this yeah. pandemic and and the economy and all of these things. And and you guys are, I would consider a, a premium product, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a, it's a higher end product. So you're uh, exposed to some of those issues. Like, do you worry about all of that stuff now more of like? I don't worry about, so the pandemic has been very good for us. Okay. And actually, like when the 08 recession took place, it was very good for us because when hmm. people have less money, they tend to advocate more for themselves in okay. terms of health. Okay. So it's a lot less expensive to buy a $4 juice than it is to pay for a $100,000 heart attack. <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah. So people start becoming very invested especially in the pandemic was we saw a huge amount of demand, huge. So yeah. we grew a lot, you know? Yeah. And as you grow, and you're trying to ramp up and, you know, with, I would say the scariest part right now are, well, two things. Everyone says the same thing, but I'm going to reiterate it's supply chain and employees. Although yeah. I see a little bit of easing in the employees. It seems a little yeah. bit better. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Let's talk about your employees a little bit because uh, I, I think you do a fascinating thing. I, I'm fortunate to have come down to your facility and seen it and it's phenomenal. Um, but like you, you have to distribute so much, but you really like turned it over to the employees. Like talk to, talk to us about like, how, how did you decide this and the scheduling and the shifts and how all of that works at, at Arden's garden? Well, um, the employees, uh, so many of my employees luckily have been with me for a long time. So they've grown right along with us and, um, they are, they know how to do their jobs better than I know how to do their job. And so they've been instrumental in determining, you know, how we will grow, how we just, we just added a huge thing to um, our repertoire. I don't want to get really boring or anything, but there's a machine called an HPP machine, which is high pressure processing. And it's, uh, it's a new technology probably in the last 10 to 15 years, but where you can use pressure 
to kill bacteria. And it was something that we were using a third party for, for the last three years, and we just brought it in-house. So it's it's just going to be enormous for us. Um, so we are in the process of having our team decide, you know, how we are going to um, staff it, how we are going to schedule it, add it to um, the entire production process. So it's definitely been um, uh, a team effort. Yeah. And uh, remind me, I think uh, this this is correct, but your folks work on a, isn't it a four-day week? They, okay. Well, in a good week, they work four days, 10 hours. Four days, 10 hours. Yes. Yeah. Um, when we are very busy, they are working more. So okay. it's been up and down in this. Okay. Lately, it's been, we try to keep it to four days. Yep. Um, that's what they wanted. When we moved to the second plant, they wanted to move to work longer shifts, shorter days. And we were like, no problem. So yeah, yeah. that is, yeah. that is our. And, and you feel like that has added, uh, I think we talked about this before, but you, you feel like that has added employee satisfaction and, oh, for sure. and help with your churn and all of those things. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, obviously you're in a business that remote work isn't a thing no. um, because you can't run the machines from home. So you got, you got to be there. Um, and so this might be the closest thing that you could get to that and, and let yes. people have more of their lives back. Definitely. Um, is there anything else that, that you all do as a health company? Is there anything else that you all do to, to think about employee health and satisfaction? Yeah. So we make a product. It's one of our most pro- uh, popular products called the Grand Slam. So uh, it's a shot of wheatgrass, ginger, lemon, and cranberry. Every employee gets a free Grand Slam every shift that they work. Um, all, the employees get half price on all of our products. We also really encourage health and wellness. So we have partnerships with yoga studios so that they can attend yoga for half prices. Our company will pay half, they will pay half. So yeah, there's a a whole bunch of initiatives to help people be healthy. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, Okay, so let's talk about the future a little bit. Um, right now you've got, uh, 17 retail locations all in the Metro Atlanta area. Yes. Um, you distribute all throughout the Southeast. Correct. What happens next? Is it, is that it, or is there growth beyond that? There's definitely growth beyond that. So, uh, on Friday we were notified that we will be selling in Costco. That's big news. That's awesome. Yep. We're very excited about that. So, um, that will be starting, uh, in August. So um, that's a big step forward. We also recently partnered with Walmart. So we're actually outside of the six states, but not with a huge footprint just yet. But right. we are working on uh, having that grow. We have um, aspirations to move up the eastern seaboard. Um, and we also would like to grow our retail stores as well. Yeah. Our, our next retail store is going to be um, in a very underserved uh, area, Old National Highway. Okay. So this fits right along with our mission to go to food deserts and provide healthy offerings. So uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's awesome. So the the Walmart and Costco relationships, that's going to be nationwide? N- well, we're starting in the Southeast with Costco. Okay. So okay. Um, we started, um, I, I don't think that Walmart is exactly they basically have DCs in various states and you can pick and choose where you're able to service. So, but we have grown with them. Uh, We're not nationwide. We have a perishability issue and also just 
right. shipping is so expensive right now. Yeah. So, uh, so you're going to grow over time with both of those. I hope but so. Really, to get to the point of of expanding, if you're going up the eastern seaboard, then you're going to have to have another production facility, right? Because of the perishability issues there that you've got. We have we have uh, quite a ways we can grow before we'll be opening a new facility. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I love the facility that you're in now. It's so massive. It's just so impressive. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's turn to kind of. Um, thinking about the the business and and advice for other entrepreneurs, um, you know, you've seen this business now grow and you've been in this business since the beginning. Basically, um, what has kind of changed for you, and and what kind of tools and kind of processes have you implemented over time that have helped you like manage the business and scale the business? Um, and what what do you have now that you couldn't do without? Okay, so I think that um, I'll tell you, maybe it's easier to answer what I think some of my pitfalls have been and what sure, I Sure, yeah, yeah, okay. let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, so I think that we grew very organically rather than intentionally. Okay. okay. And the way I like to describe it is that we were like a 1,400 square foot craftsman that grew into a McMansion. And we didn't <laughs> quite have the foundations in place to right. support the growth. So what we've had to go back and do is to understand that we need to have better processes and procedures in place. I know this sounds kind of boring, but it has really helped us to go back and do job descriptions and have accountabilities and do KPIs. You know, I'm sort of a figure it out type person, but most people are not figure it out type people. And so, you know, when you put people who are not figure it out type people in situations where they don't have great guardrails, (laughs) you know, um, so we've had to go back in um, and not just be like, oh, great, look at all these sales, you know, because in the long run, it can't support itself. So that was a big pitfall for me that I've had to go back and take a second look at. Yeah. and I think that's very classic entrepreneur, right? Right? Like we 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 just figure it out, right? Uh, you just you just do things, right? And and You're things like, will we happen. Need this position, you're hired. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> Good luck. Do some stuff. Let me know if you need help. Right. Right. Um, and and you're right. Most people are not like that. No. And 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 it's good because those of us that are are entrepreneurs need people that totally. can actually get the work done and and Absolutely. follow the rules and stay yes. within the guardrails, but. It's incumbent upon us as entrepreneurs to figure yes. out what those guardrails are. So, yes. um, so that's good. So, you, so now you're going back and we have gone um, back and, and gone back and done do all the, that. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. in the process. Is, We're still in the process. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. There's still action happening there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and how is it that you figured this out? Was it that you just woke up and realized this? No. Did you have somebody that told you this? Yes. Like, how did you figure this out? We brought in consultants. Okay. I had, I belonged to a group where a woman had used these consultants and she had been really thrilled. And, you know, I'm kind of a scrappy entrepreneur. We'll get <laughs> through it. We can figure this out, you know? And she was like, look, they showed me A, B, and C, and it affected me this way to the bottom line. And I said, hmm. And they came in for three days and just did an analysis and everything they said rang true. So I was wow. like, okay, come in, come help us. And so yeah. that's what we're doing now. So very valuable to get uh, expert advice yes. uh, at the right time there. Yeah. Um, okay, so let, let's talk about uh, other entrepreneurs, people that are 
are, are thinking about doing something like this. I, I don't know if anybody's going to buy a, a cold press juicer and try to start a juicing company, but um, thinking about launching a side hustle or small business, like you were there in the beginning, what would your advice be for somebody like that, that that's thinking about it, that hasn't done it, that's debating about it? Like, what would you tell them? I would tell them that if they feel super passionate about what they want to do, then they should absolutely go for it. I think the most important thing is to really enjoy what you do. And like in my life, both my parents, my father was a tech professor and he absolutely loved, loved, loved his job. And my mom the same. And then I know so many people that are in jobs that they don't love. So if you love what you're doing and you're really interested in this side hustle, whatever it is, and it moves you, you're going to be willing to go to any lengths to get it off the ground. And that was what was important to me. Like I was working extremely long hours. I was doing every job imaginable. I was a delivery driver. I pressed the juice. I helped the retail customers. I mean, it didn't matter. There was no job that was beneath me. You know, I, we didn't even have yeah. any employees. So we were all doing this. Um, and I loved it. You know, so I think that if it's something that you're, I, I don't know if it's something that you're just doing it, like you think it's a good idea and you just want to make money. I don't know. Maybe that's okay. But for me, <laughs> I mean, I did want to make money for sure. Like if my right. mom were in business, she would, when I used to, to, uh, every so often my mom would need a day off when she was delivering to the hair salons, you know? Yeah. And so I would do her route for her. And literally every third person would tap me on the shoulder and say, Arden only charges me $2. <laughs> and I would come back from this route and I would have like smoke coming out of my ears. You know, I would be so mad and I would say, mom, we cannot sell this juice for $2. And she'd say, but Leslie, they can't afford it otherwise. And I'd be like, we can't afford it, you know? <laughs> so for her, the whole thing that motivated her was wellness. That was it. You know, yeah. for me, it's wellness, but it's also profitability. You know, so it is to be a sustainable company and be yeah. able to continue on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question for you, because, you know, you've now been in this business for so many years mm -hmm. and I imagine that it's so easy to blur the line between work and life and, and how this kind of blends into family life and everything. Like, how do you manage keeping these things separate or do you manage to keep them separate? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, how do you think about those things? So I actually think that my life has blurred into my work, okay? Versus the other way around yeah. that people talk about, okay? So, and, and, and I'll explain. So I was your normal person, right? I was athletic. I ate whatever I wanted and, you know, whatever. And then over time, I started improving my diet for a number of reasons. Like I watched the movie Forks Over Knives and I was like, okay, uh, we're not going to eat this. And then, you know, I had a child that super struggled with weight. And so she went to a place that was very, very focused on plant-based. And so I took her out there. I spent five days, like I was already plant-based for many, many years, but I learned at that, lo that place that it wasn't important what I didn't eat, like I'm not going to eat meat and dairy, but what was more important, what I did eat. So like greens and beans and berries and things that were high, high nutrient dense. So then all this education and changes infiltrated work, right? 
So we were huh. just fresh juices and smoothies. And right. I was like, you cannot live by juice alone. You know? Yeah. I'm struggling to have healthy food. How do we make this easier for other people? So, so the, the product expansions at Arden's Garden have become because of what you've experienced absolutely. in life. Absolutely. Okay. So that's that's what we can expect to see then, I guess, in the future as well. More expansions into Definitely. more and more things. You will see that's more food, more offerings, more ways to make it easy to be healthy. Not that's vegan, awesome. healthy. Healthy. Love it. Um, Leslie, this has been phenomenal. Uh, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for the company. Um, this has been just absolutely great. Thank you very much for being on the My podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X dot com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com. 